Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Monday, January the 16th, 2012. This is episode number 108 of Purple Mafia. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It means a great deal, indeed. I am, of course, your host, Joey Awajan, or Paladino Joey, as Dylan Richardson was so kind to introduce me at the beginning. Very, very cool indeed. Well, hee <laughs> Yeah, this was an unbelievable, unbelievable weekend of football, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God, was it worth turning on the TV set this weekend to check out some football, some postseason football. Oh my God. Wow. Unbelievable. What a run by... <laughs> some. What a run by everybody. I mean, the Baltimores, the Patriots, the uh, 49ers, and a certain team wearing blue... <laughs> white, red, white, and blue. Um, yeah, blue, red, white, whatever you want to say. Wow. Wow, what a run. What an amazing uh, thing. Yeah, I didn't say a couple of uh, colors. Yeah, no, I didn't, did I? No. I didn't say it. So, just who is that team that plays across the river, you know? That wears green and gold. Just who are they again? I kind of forgot. Who are they? Oh, that's right. The uh, the Green Bay Crackers. Yeah, that's right. The Green Bay Crackers. They went. Let's see. They went fifteen and one. And huh? Yeah, they didn't even get to the NFC Championship game. Oh my God! That's right. The Green Bay Packers didn't even get to the NFC Championship game. Oh my. Oh my God. That's unbelievable. I cannot believe it. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Very, 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 very amazing stuff indeed right there. Yep, the Green Bay Packers are done. Yeah, they're done. The Green Bay Packers are done. Who would have thunk it? Well, I guess somebody. It's, uh... That's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we're going to review the uh, the games over the weekend, but first we're going to talk Vikings a little bit. Well, the Vikings are finally going to be rid of Fred Pugich as of uh, yesterday, the 15th. The defensive coordinator no longer will be Fred Pugich. Thank God. That's finally over. We got a couple of uh, Twitter interactions and Facebook posts on the Facebook page for Purple Mafia. So twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show as well. 
But first and foremost, oh, so first and foremost, there is a call-in line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877, and we do have a call-in, yes indeed, yes we do have a call-in, which is, it is a voicemail, do treat it as such, mention, mention which show you're calling in for, which is Purple Mafia, so, but um, yeah, <laughs> we do have a call-in, Sebastian Balls. That's right, Sebastian Balls, the name you've heard many, many times via the Facebook page, has finally called into the Purple Mafia show. Very, very, very exciting for me, and I'm sure for him as well. So you listeners, finally, will hear Sebastian Balls grace the airwaves of Purple Mafia here on episode number 108, and he joins now. Hey, Joey, I was just wondering, um, who would you take in free agency for some safeties? And would you put Cedric Griffin back there or not? I, I don't think I would. I mean, like, he's pretty terrible in all at corner, and I don't think he would have any improvement at safety at all. Um, What do you think about uh, drafting, a, I don't know, about sixth or seventh or fifth rounder to back up Jared Allen, rookie, you know, like get some young experience behind Allen, let the guy learn? let the kid learn, let him go in for Allen on a few snaps or whatever and let him switch over to the left end too and get a few snaps so Robinson is out. And do you think that we go high like second or third round and try to find somebody maybe better than Robinson over there? Like Robinson's good and all but he's not great by any stretch. So, and I mean like Khalil would be nice but like you said, the odds of us getting him are decently low, but decently high at the same time. Claiborne, I think his name is. I don't know. I've never been a big fan of him. He's not that great. I've seen a few games. I don't know, probably because he's let up sacks and those, but uh, I don't know. It's just. And do you think we try to get any more uh, free agent wide receivers or rookie wide receivers and see how they pan out? I was just wondering, so uh, thanks for letting me call in. Bye. And I thank you for that call in, Sebastian. Very, very cool to have you on the airwaves of Purple Mafia once and for all. Welcome to Purple Mafia, finally. Cool, cool, Sebastian, to hear from you. Awesome call in, by the way. Uh, Yep, lots of topics to get to there. Nosy out there, also out there that do have topics, and I'm sure you do, call, don't be afraid to call in those out there, especially you local guys like Tony Coleman and and uh, Brent Jacobson and others. Okay, guys, call in. It'd be very, very cool. But welcome, finally, Sebastian. Very cool to hear from you. Good to, good topics. Yeah, uh, Griffin at safety, I can understand your uh, I can understand your reluctance there about putting him at safety. It's like, I was mostly commenting on the last show about how he was... Uh, when, he, when he was drafted, they talked about he's kind of a versatile guy who can go from corner to safety. And the possibility exists. I mean, he's probably a better tackler than a, than at coverage at this point in his career. That's why the thought was brought up. Uh, as for free agent uh, safeties, well, yeah, that's a good topic to get to. I mean, there is Leron Landry. It depends on how much is going to be made available, how much we can afford, and... Can we draw him here? Washington isn't exactly the most sexy place in the world, besides us either, and Chuck's we've beaten them twice, so um, I can understand if LaRon Landry wouldn't mind leaving the Washington Redskins. 
So it's like it's not no guarantee that he's going to stay over there in Washington. But we'll we'll see how things go there. It's a possibility. He's probably going to demand a decent salary, though. Unfortunately, he's the number one safety available on the market at age 27. Devon Branch of the Oaktown Raiders looked on as another important one. Uh, Thomas Dick Dickod of the Falcons. Michael Griffin of the Tennessee Titans. A lot of these guys are well under 30. Dwight Lowry, Jacksonville Jags. You know, there's guys out there. Oh, but listen to these sexy names. Hussein Abdullah. Well, then again, he's okay. He's okay. I mean, they might want to keep him. Brandon Merriweather is a guy on the Bears that I have liked. He's not perfect. He's been through stuff back and forth. He's certainly no. He's certainly not perfect in any way, shape, or form. But he's a thought. You know, he's a thought. Tyrell Johnson is a free agent. Oh, goody. I mean, i got to think Johnson is gone. Abdullah, they'll maybe try to re-sign him, depending on what's out there. Merriweather is a guy I would possibly look at. We'll see. Uh, oh, Medea Williams is available now. Ooh, let's go get him, right? No. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, Reggie Nelson of the Cincy Bengals. Byron Scott. Or B- yeah. Brian Scott. Byron Scott. I'm used to that name from the NBA. Excuse me. <laughs> Yeah, Byron Scott, <laughs> Lakers, up as a player, and all those other, yeah, okay. New Jersey Nets, New Orleans Hornets, Cleveland Cavs, yeah, okay, move on. Um, you know, there's lots of, there's there's pieces out there. There's definitely pieces out there, yep, and I know you bring another red, red receiver, uh, you bring up the wide receiver, we'll get to that shortly, we'll kind of do this in order. Well, the whole thing about drafting a defensive end, 5th, 6th, 7th round, you know, to help back up Jared Allen, um, <laughs> you, you know, we kind of tie these together when you talk about Brian Robinson, possibly a second, third round, looking for depth at the defensive end position. Well, right now, I think there's a lot. I, I think there's at least three guys that play defensive end that can, you know, that obviously Jared Allen's a superstar, but Everson Griffin has emerged of late. He, he's not bad. I wouldn't mind the sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh round thought there. Uh, we're going to amass several picks early. So, I mean, it's like you never know best player available. If he happens to be a defensive end, great. But it seems like that's the strongest part of the team when we've got holes, like, everywhere. And I mean everywhere else, pretty much. Um, but, no, I mean, best player available, sure. If there's a suitable defensive uh, end out there. See, because uh, i I got to think maybe... Everson Griffin ultimately becomes a starting defensive end if if he can keep his slate clean and continue to improve. And then Brian Robison can be the kind of guy that helps back up one of the two. Possibly, uh, maybe Robison just backs up Griffin and you need another defensive end to help back up Jared Allen here and there. Yeah, I mean, interesting thought. There's definitely nothing wrong with the possibility, but i got to think the uh, offensive line is just absolutely paramount to improving this team. I would even consider uh, a running back of some sort in the, you know, fourth through seventh round range. Um, probably not third unless it's like, huh, you know, unless that's just flat out the best thing available. I, I don't know about that. Probably not anything to worry about there, though. I might be kind of going crazy. So uh, first you talk about Claiborne and Matt Khalil. It's kind of like a 50-50 thing with Matt Khalil. In a lot of ways, uh you know, you're just listening to Paul Allen earlier today. It's like Khalil is like the perfect prototype left tackle for this to today's National Football League. How he's got super quick feet to kind of keep up with uh, running plays and such, running plays and like line passing plays and all that. That he's actually really quick. So when somebody's trying to run, he's able to keep up with everything and continue to block with people. So in a lot of ways, Matt Khalil would be the ultimate fit. Uh, you're not a big fan of Chris Claiborne. Hey, I mean. 
you've probably seen more college football than me. I'm more of an NFL guy for obvious reasons, you know, just keeping up with the Vikings and, and other NFL guys out there. I'm not a big college football fan, but uh, any insight is more than welcome with that. I do watch it when I can, but not all the time, especially to check out blue chip players, you know. So Chris Claiborne, we'll see how things go. I mean, uh, I'm kind of thinking we're going to wind up with Khalil ultimately. It sounds like the possibility does exist that the Rams could take Claiborne or Blackman. So we'll, we'll see how things go. We'll see how things go. I, I was kind of, I think I made some type of mistake talking about that the Rams are probably going to take Claiborne. I, I was saying Claybo- uh, Khalil, but we'll see. It, it all depends on how they feel, really. I mean, do they really think they want to take another tackle? Because there would be like three tackles they took in a short amount of time. So we'll see. And the possibility of moving, uh, oh, what's his name to guard? I do believe, oh, yeah, what's his, uh, Dan Taylor brought that up last week and even was brought up in, in KFAN locally. Yeah. To move Chris Johnson to guard. There's also a good, there's also some good guards available as well. That possibility is going to continue to arise. We'll, we'll get deeper into free agency as we get closer to it, but, you know, we'll get to the wide receiver thing here quickly. That's kind of where we close here with the call-in by Sebastian. See, wide receiver, there's always some very good names out there. I mean, what the wide receiver free agent market is always juicy. Every single year. This year is no exception. In fact, this year might be about as juicy as it's been. You have Reggie Wayne, folks. Reggie Wayne is out there. We'll see what happens. It depends on does he want to play with Andrew Luck or does he want to move on to another organization. Well, Andrew Luck or Christian Ponder, shoot, I might want to stay in Indianapolis for that one. No, <laughs> Peyton Manning and or, and or Andrew Luck. Wes Welker's available. i got to think the Patriots keep him. I don't think there's any doubt the Patriots will do everything they can to keep that guy. Gee, funny, he's doing great in a contract year. Imagine that. Vincent Jackson has constantly been a possibility. Uh, we'll see. He, he's good, but he's, yeah, he's big. He's He's been kind of a pain in the ass in San Diego. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he'd fit in here, maybe not. He's obviously a very large individual. Deshaun Jackson has a very valuable player as well. Big plays and all such. Dwayne Bowe is excellent, though he had a disappointing season at some point. But he had a big... Actually, no, excuse me. He had a big year this year. He had a very disappointing season last year in his, in his sophomore year. His, his third year, though, Dwayne Bowe looked excellent, of course, in a, in a contract year. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Kansas City will probably try to do the best they can to keep him. There's Marcus Colston out there, Marquise Colston of the New Orleans Saints. I mean, the list just goes on and on. That's a guy I would love to have here. Steve Johnson of Baltimore, another one. Uh, Robert Meacham, New Orleans, Robert Manningham. Mike Wallace is restricted, but boy, oh boy, would that be a nice one. i got to think Pittsburgh is going to keep him. Chicago has some okay ones and some bad ones. Roy Williams is going to be available. Big deal. No one likes him. Pierre Garçon of the uh, Indianapolis Colts has been brought up as a legit possibility, believe it or not. doesn't excite me as much as other people. Oh, Earl Bennett, I kind of like him a little bit. Uh, Of the Viking free agent receivers, Devin Aroma, Shadun Bernard, Barry, and Greg Camarillo, I would like to keep Devin. I'd like to keep him as like a third or fourth option at the receiver position. That would be kind of cool. It wouldn't kill me. (laughs) <laughs> Jericho Kachery. <laughs> that's a that's another name. I don't know. I don't think anybody really cares about that one. We'll we'll see how things go though. I mean, it's it's a beautiful, juicy free agent uh, market for wide receivers. I hope we could get somebody out of that group who ends up coming in here. I hope we get one of the bigger ones. 
Um, the salary cap situation, we'll get deeper and deeper into that as things move closer to the season, or excuse me, the, the actual like full-blown free agency. It's going to be fun, though, to watch. I mean, I, I think this is going to be one of the more fun free agencies in a long time. Last year was pretty damn boring. The year before that was boring. Um, 2009 was really boring until we got Favre. And then, yeah, things kind of snowballed into its own effect there. We'll see what happens, though. With uh, We'll see what happens. It's, it's going to be fun. i got to think there's going to be a lot of people out of here, including the <laughs> defensive coordinator. We'll get to that in a little bit. We're going to move to the uh, the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. The Twitter is usually more when there's games going on, so we'll get to that later. The Twitter will be in the next segment. We're going to go to break after we do the Purple Mafia section and talk about Fred Pugich a bit. Uh, Tony Coleman talks about uh, the uh, Green Bay Packers. <sighs> yeah, the Green Bay Packers. Offensive coordinator, yep, the son of his uh, offensive coordinator, that's no good, no it's not, and uh, well we're going to give him a uh, moment of silence, he was found drowned, the son, only 21 years old, Michael Philbin, that is a uh, definite shame, so we'll give him a quick moment of silence. Alright, well with that said, we wish uh, Joe Philbin, the uh, offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, uh, Best wishes and uh, hey, and and a sincere condolences there, definitely. So, uh, yep, there was talk about the Purple Mafia show. It was a mix-up. So, yeah, I do apologize to those of you out there about the mix-up. But Tony Coleman talking about saying, "Hey, dude, there was a mix-up. The file that downloaded was labeled as Purple Mafia, but it was actually an episode of The Chief Zone with Farzine Vasugian." <laughs> Sorry for the imitation, but yeah, Farzine, man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Farzine Vesugian, isn't that something too, how it happened to be his last episode, and uh, to think, boy, it's like Farzine, when it's your last episode, you really gotta, <laughs> you gotta make people, you gotta make sure people listen to it, right, so even, so that might mean even putting it on the, uh, no, and Farzine didn't do this, but um, that might mean, like, getting the show on Purple Mafia as well, like, people have to hear it, because it's the last one, so Dylan being very generous to Farzine there, no, he wasn't, and uh, we apologize. Uh, um, on behalf of Dylan Richardson and myself, I we, we apologize for the mix-up there. So, And uh, it's working now. Those of you that maybe haven't even heard episode 107 yet, we apologize. Hey, check it out. It's still there. You can always, uh, well, maybe if there's if it's still screwy because you keep clicking update or whatever and it's not showing up, what you do is you delete that particular one that showed up and ended up being Farzine. You delete that, and then you click on Show All Available Podcasts, and the new one will appear. I also mentioned that on the Facebook page, but maybe not all of you saw it. So, yeah, not everybody posts on the Facebook page, unfortunately, um, or checks it out. So those of you out there, the lots more big numbers of you out there that don't go to the Facebook page yet. There, that's a... That's a, a little brief, brief instructions for you there. So, yeah, I already talked about that. We'll move on forward. Let's see, where are we? Here we go. Sebastian Balls, that's right, Sebastian Balls, said, starting to listen to Purple Mafia at 9. Expect, expect what I think at 10. And uh, unfortunately, he fell asleep. <laughs> he says that, so he didn't really mention it there. He'll mention it later on. Yep, well, let's get to some defensive coordinator talk. Steve Spags, Steve Spagnolo, my number one choice for defensive coordinator. Well, he's going back to New York. 
as the Jets' defensive coordinator. Raheem Morris was brought in, apparently, well, to, uh, yeah, he's going to be the Skins' defensive backs coach. That might mean he was never actually offered the defensive coordinator's position. I can't imagine the Washington Redskins are that much sexier that he would want to go be their defensive back coach rather than be the defensive coordinator here in Minnesota. I don't know about that. I guess, I don't know why they even brought him in for that, but whatever. I guess, whatever, huh? What can you do? Cedric Paulding asked, why not go after Jack Del Rio for a defensive coordinator? It was a good idea, but I guess that's just not going to happen, unfortunately. And I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. It's it's frustrating. It sounds like we're going to get somebody that's either not very well known or really not that great, and that sucks. It's I, I guess that's what happens when you hire your general manager from within, and you don't allow him to really uh, have as much say in the coaching staff as maybe the fans. <laughs> The frustrated fan base would like. That's too bad. Yes, it is. Yeah, I talked about the 49ers a bit there. That was kind of in-game stuff. We'll get into that later. Uh, Tony Coleman says, way to go, Niners. I'll take you guys over the Saints any day. I absolutely agree, and that was that was the game of the week. Well, maybe. Yeah, it was the game of the week in terms of uh, drama. Oh, my God, was it ever. But the even more exciting one came the next moment, the next day. Oh, my God. Sebastian Balls with a kind, very kind comments once again about Purple Mafia. Him saying, such an amazing show you had. 107 was great. Way to go, Niners. <laughs> very cool, because yes, the 49ers are going to the NFC title game. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Dan Taylor expressing his adoration for the New York Giants. And you know what? When he says, I love the New York Giants, I agree. I agree. That is a very cool football team. We'll talk about them more in the next segment, but... New York Giants, man, I'm telling you, that is, yeah, that's a football team, folks. I mean, I hated the Giants, the, 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 the what was his name, Jim Fossil, Kerry uh, Collins, all those you know, dorks, and, and, you know, that were there about 10 years ago that beat the Vikings 41-0. to I hated that team, I hated Jim Fossil, he was obnoxious. Oh, he was a jerk. Uh, I'm so, I was so glad to see him get fired and that the whole kind of group of players to move on. Jason Seahorn, all those guys. To see this new team, oh my. I mean, this team that kind of started to kind of take shape around 2006 into 2007 especially. Really 2007. But 2006, I kind of liked him a little bit. And for some odd reason, I started liking the Giants in 2007. And then, wow. <laughs> and then I kind of realized why. Why is the postseason continued that year, the way they took out the Green Bay Packers. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I like this New York Giants team. I do. I like them when they don't play us, but uh, I, I like them a lot, and they have buried the Packers' dreams twice. Twice, folks. We're going to get into that later before I get too far ahead. Tony Coleman expressing his excitement about the Packers' deal. In fact, I should almost wait. You know, I should wait. Yeah, I should. <laughs> I should wait, and I'm going to wait, really, to be honest. Let's get to Fred Puggage, because that's too much. Uh, yeah, I'm getting too much into the playoffs right now, when this isn't even supposed to be the playoff segment. So we'll get back to that in a bit. Fred Puggage officially, as of yesterday, relieved of the, the, the duties of Vikings defensive coordinator. <laughs> Finally, yes. And uh, again, I'm not trying to wallow and somebody losing their job, but, and I'm sorry, Fred, <laughs> I don't know if I highly doubt he's listening, 
But if just in case he is or somebody that knows him is listening, hey, you know, I'm sorry, but <laughs> it didn't work. You know, it didn't work. When you got players basically refusing to cooperate with your schemes, it's just, it, it's not going to happen, and we have to move on, unfortunately. We have to move on. Clearly not qualified for the position that the Vikings have. <coughs> Excuse me, I don't know why. Yeah, the Vikings have officially offered him the linebacker coach position to return to the linebacker coach position, which he did hell and held pretty well from 2006 to 2010. So all the way through the bread children's era, Fred Pugich has been the the uh, the uh, linebackers coach. Boy, the linebackers stunk this year, by the way, didn't they? Under uh, Mark Singletary, mm-hmm. who was supposed to be a who was a head coach last year, he went all the way down to linebackers coach. Wow. But um, we'll get into him in a second. But uh, it just, you know, it didn't work. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. There's no word as to what's going to happen there. I've not really seen that happen very often where a guy accepts a demotion. Maybe he will, maybe not. Uh, the Twins general manager did. That was very surprising. He did to become like an assistant general manager of the Minnesota Twins when they fired him and kind of dropped him down. We'll, we'll see what happens at Fred Pugich. Who knows? I mean, it's, hey, it's, it's, still, a, it's still a job. You're still a assistant coach with the team, we'll see. It depends on his ego and how he thinks and all that stuff, and maybe if there's other offers somewhere else that he might appreciate somewhere else to kind of start anew. Who knows? Maybe the linebackers will improve. That also does raise the question, is Mike Singletary being fired? Is he being promoted? Or is he just flat leaving? Uh, like, I have no, no, nobody's really sure right now. Honestly, is he being promoted to defensive coordinator Mike Singletary? You know, I kind of liked him as a head coach, but then it's like, yeah. You know, when you look at the 49ers with uh, Mike Singletary as head coach and Mike Singletary leaving <laughs> as head coach, and you see where the 49ers are today. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Hmm. I don't know if you want Michael Singletary to be the defensive coordinator. I'm not sure. You know, I'm really hating the... <laughs> I'm really hating what I'm seeing right now when it comes to the Vikings defensive coordinator position outside of getting rid of Fred Puggett, it doesn't look like they're really looking to make any type of splash here. And that's very, 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 very unfortunate. It is. Oh, yeah. I I don't know. They talk about here in, this, in the Yahoo article, Gil <laughs> Alcarez IV. That's an interesting name. Gil Alcarez IV. He is a Yahoo uh, columnist of some of sorts. We appreciate that. We're citing him for this article and the information here. So, yep, Buccaneers is going to, well, excuse me, Raheem Morris, of course, is going to the Skins. Spagnuolo is going to the Jets. Uh, defensive coordinator of the uh, Jaguars, Mel Tucker, is a possibility. Defensive line coach Joe Cullen, none of that has happened. Yeah, it's getting weird. The Vikings are looking at possibly <laughs> the interim head coach of Miami, Ted Bowles, Bowles Philadelphia defensive coordinator one, because Castillo, we'll see. It really isn't looking good. A lot of people are wondering what the heck is going on. A possibility brought up in the Star Tribune today is, uh, well, yeah, isn't it exciting? It's a former uh, <laughs> former Indianapolis uh, coach. Unfortunately, I'm, uh, I believe he's actually still the current coach. I'm not really sure where to go with that. Unfortunately, I'm just not. And, uh, oh goody, isn't that exciting? 
As apparently that guy's Alan Williams, currently the defensive backs coach in Indianapolis. Oh, goody. That's really exciting. Yeah, Todd Bowles also, we, we're talking about that as well. We'll see. Uh, he's even possibly interviewing for head coaching positions in Oakland and Miami. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. He took over for Tony Sparanos in mid-December. Tony Sparanos, the guy who unfortunately has to wear sunglasses for the rest of his life because of uh, his eyes were hurt pretty badly with hot grease getting into his eyes when he worked at a fast food restaurant long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. So, do feel for that guy, but uh, totally off topic there. Uh, wow. I, <laughs> Jason LaConfora of the NFL Network, by the way, was the one that reported Alan Williams. And, of course, the Star Tribune cited here for the article in general, that being Mike Cra- Mark Craig of the Strib, the Star Tribune. Alan Williams, well... Okay, well, I, I guess we a lot of us didn't necessarily know all that much about Mike Tomlin coming in. The good news is is that, yeah, this guy, Alan Williams, does want to incorporate the Tampa 2, which was exactly what Mike Tomlin did as well when he was the uh, defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. That was pretty successful stuff. He goes to <laughs> He goes to Pittsburgh Steelers, and two years later he's a world champion, and that team has been a competitor ever since. Yeah, good stuff. So they're talking about possibly doing the Tampa 2 next year with, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what Leslie Frazier is looking to do with the defense next season. So uh, maybe it's a wonderful upgrade. I hope so. I don't know much about him. We'll see. I mean, you don't always know much about anybody. Also, a little bit of news regarding defensive coordinators out there. Greg Williams sounds like he could be joining Mike, or excuse me, Mike Fisher. Yeah, right. Jeff Fisher in the newly hired Jeff Fisher of the St. Louis Rams could be hiring Greg Williams as the defensive coordinator. Greg freaking Williams could be leaving the Saints to possibly start anew in St. Louis. That's interesting. Maybe Greg Williams is bored now thinking, hey, we're never going to win another one. Well, the Packers didn't even win, so (laughs) you never know. I got to think the Saints are still a legitimate possibility to make a Super Bowl run yet again. But hey, if they don't, good riddance. Good freaking riddance once and for all to the New Orleans Saints, if that ends up being the case. So, speaking of the Saints, speaking of the postseason, we'll be right back. We are going to talk postseason football right after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 108, which is a reminder for iPod users and the Microsoft Zoom and other MP3 players. Thank you again. Welcome back to the show. Let's talk about something more fun. You know, let's, let's, yeah, let's, I'm going to say something mean right now, but I have to say it. I know I'm the host of Purple Mafia, and I know the Vikings are our team, but let's, let's talk about something less depressing and less boring right now as the Minnesota Vikings, and let's talk about one of the most exciting exciting playoff (laughs) weekends in history. I mean, this was a fun weekend. And you know what, folks? Minnesota Viking fans of all the region in the world to feel better right now about themselves. And it's not just because, oh, we just want to, like, bash, tear down people's dreams and all that stuff. 
Well, what did these SOBs do to the Minnesota Vikings when we lost the NFC Championship game in 2009? Why in the Sam Hill should we feel any sympathy? With a, this Packer team has been so arrogant, and the Packer fan base has been so arrogant ever since they realized Aaron Rodgers was a stud. It's like, haha, you can take Favre. Look at us now. We're, we're the best team ever. We want to already won a Super Bowl without Favre. 15 and 1. We're going to go back to back. We're going to win eight Super Bowls. You know, when it's all said and done, or we'll have eight Super Bowls, you'll still have zero, blah, 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 blah. Well, they're not going to get their fifth Super Bowl this year, are they? But that's the fourth game we're going to get to because we're saving the best for last. But we're going to start with a bang as well. The New Orleans Saints and San Francisco 49ers. Oh my God. Oh my God. What a thriller. Oh. Oh oh my God. That was one of the best football games I have ever seen in my entire life, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. It was a back and forth battle. And the good news is the San Francisco 49ers looked like the home team. They looked like the better team. And gosh darn it, they have those those uniforms that they used to wear back in the 80s. Oh yeah. They don't have that kind of that new look they kind of developed in the late 90s and kept well into the 2000s. Really, ever since Mike Singletary took over, they went back to the classic 80s 49ers look, which I absolutely love to death. The San Francisco 49ers are back in the NFC Championship game. They won a thriller against the New York Giants in their last postseason game back in 2003, a ridiculous 39-38 to game against the New York Giants in San Francisco with the psychotic Terrell Owens, still a member of that team. Oh. Just imagine if he was there now. They probably wouldn't even be here, would they? Because he's a he's an idiot. Yeah, he is. Uh, that was a mediocre San Francisco team with a good quarterback and a good offense. And really nothing at defense. Absolutely nothing. Uh, one of the worst defenses ever. <laughs> they got the number one pick in 2004. Or 2005. It was either going to be Aaron Rodgers or Alex Smith. They did take Alex Smith. It's like, here we go. Here's your Joe Montana. Oh, well, not so fast. He was disappointing forever. Mike Singletary benched him for the, yeah. <laughs> for a bunch of backup type quarterbacks like J.T. O'Sullivan and such. is like, okay, that's great. Good times. And for some reason, I'm forgetting the guy who was on Detroit. Oh, my goodness. I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. It'll probably come back to me here in a second. Or maybe one of you will post it on Facebook. But it'll probably come back to me at some point. I have no idea why I'm forgetting. He was the third string quarterback of the Vikings at one point. And then started for Detroit here and there a bit last year. Yeah, it was good times. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was really crazy. Alex Smith, extremely successful with Jim Harbaugh. Captain comeback Jim Harbaugh. Who is the head coach of the 49ers. And absolutely, positively should be the coach of the year. Uh <laughs> And a classic way for this new 49ers team to start their possible run of some great football for a long period of time. It ended again with <laughs> a team that was trailing in an epic game. A team that had recently won a Super Bowl on the, you know, in the Candlestick Park or 3Com Park or whatever the heck it's called now. I Whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's still the same field, believe it or not. Which is really, 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 really cool. But, um, the <laughs> it was like how the Dallas Cowboys were still a good team, but were possibly at the end of their run of winning championships or being in big games. New Orleans Saints possibly at that point here. We'll see. Still have a lot of talent, but we'll see. It ended with a team trailing with a young quarterback. 
driving this team, in this case, 85 yards. 85 yards. It ended with the catch again. Just like it kind of did against the Giants in a way. But this really was more exciting. Like, this one feels more legit than that stupid uh, 49ers-Giants game back in 2 which was a first-round game. Big freaking deal. Um, this one has the 49ers legitimately have the possibility of being in the Super Bowl again for the first time since 94. A spectacular drive by the much-maligned Alex Smith. Looking like a star quarterback. He has been very clutch in the fourth quarter this season, and he was extremely clutch here. I mean, he literally went Tom Brady against the St. Louis Rams in 19, or 19, yeah, in 2001, in that crazy Super Bowl 10 years ago. Looked like Tom Brady, folks. He, he, he really did. He just took the team down the field, and then the catch, yes, that's right, the catch, part three, though I really say part two in this case, because it's the real thing to the tight end, Vernon Davis, an outstanding tight end, a beautiful pass, and a great finish. Vernon Davis, this was a game for the ages, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, this was a game for the ages. San Francisco 49ers are hit legit in so many ways. A beautiful, I mean, how, how, how could you not be happy for this team? How could you not be happy to see the New Orleans Saints turn the ball over five times, five freaking times in a game that uh, they will tell you, probably till you're blue, they'll, they're the blue in the face, just like we told you that we're blue in the face in 2009. They should have won the game. They, quote-unquote, outplayed the 49ers and should have won the game. But no, unfortunately, the Saints beat themselves. The Vikings beat themselves in 2009. But it was nice to see. I mean, this was a weekend for Minnesota Viking fans to legitimately say that <laughs> we kind of, you know, this weekend, it was almost like we could affect, it was kind of like a redemption weekend for the Minnesota Vikings in a way. Kind of like how the other team, they'll get theirs. They'll get theirs. The Saints were all uppity and thought they were all that because we got all these turnovers. Well, now the Saints got all these turnovers and they're watching the 49ers go to the conference championship game while, you know, while they're going to be, that's it. That's what they're going to be doing, watching the 49ers go to the conference championship game. Just like what happened with us, watching the Saints go to the Super Bowl and win it, unfortunately. The 49ers have a legitimate shot of winning the entire thing. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, they do. <laughs> They're a legitimate football team. If they can beat the Saints, they can beat the, the Giants. Sure they can. Uh, so I'll tell you who I'm picking later. <laughs> I'll tell you who I'm picking later. This is this was just an unbelievable, fantastic weekend of football. Absolutely fantastic. I'll get to a few tweets here about this game, because this game was just like, oh my god. Uh, Nikki Blondie W <laughs> tweeted me saying she loves this. Yeah, I love this. That's what she said. I basically said, nice to see the Saints turn the ball over four times at that point, just like the BS thing. Time to get a taste of their own damn medicine. And yeah, the Saints did get a taste of their own damn medicine. They got their hearts broke, just like we did. Uh, the Culture Vulture says, or Culture Vulture, T Culture Vulture says, hopefully the Niners can sheep shot Drew Brees until he can barely stand. And he says, just like the 2009 Vikings, the Saints did that to us, of course. And, yeah, very cheap, cheap, uh, cheap shot artist uh, Saints and proud of it in their case, unfortunately. They actually thought they're so cool by doing that. But, um, yeah, this, uh, they did. You know, they didn't necessarily cheat shot Breeze, but they kept turning the ball over, and that's all there was to it. 
I basically talked about how much I hate the Saints and <laughs> Carla, Carla, who says Carla, Carla Zand, that's how you say her name, or Carla, actually Carla Sand, it's all one word on Twitter, of course it's one word. She says, you and me both, frickin' A, hates the, <laughs> hates the, uh, the Saints, of course, Michelle Barker, or Baker, excuse me, excuse me, saying, like, uh, that it was an awesome game when I was talking about how it was a great game. She says, yeah, it was Michelle Baker, T Baker 19 is her Twitter account. Carla, again, says, awesome about the, <laughs> the 49ers. It's just an unbelievable finish, folks. Just, wow, what a finish. This is one of the most awesome football games I've ever, ever, ever seen. Alex Smith and Drew Brees back and forth. So much emotion. Um, the 49ers defense down the stretch. They're talking about how great the Niners defense is, but it looked Viking-like at times. It really looked like Jamarcus Sanford, Medea Williams, you know, all guys like that. Medea Williams is on the Niners, but he didn't play because he sucks. Um, now Carla's saying how she's hopping on the Brady bandwagon. We're both, I guess, apparently both Patriot fans, and that's cool. The Daily Norseman saying he's heard of Purple Mafia now. Very cool. Thank you, the Daily, uh, Daily Norseman, which is, of course, the... Uh, hey, they're like the main blog uh, website for Yahoo and the Minnesota Vikings. You know, for the Vikings on Yahoo. Excuse me, the Daily Norseman. So if you're listening, great website, great stuff. Thank you for the follow on that case. The Daily Norseman, great website. Of course, a lot of you probably know it from Yahoo.com, the Vikings section of that Carla, kind enough to uh, follow the Brave the Wild, <laughs> the Brave the Wild Twitter. I shouldn't even be mentioning that, but yeah, thank you for that, Carla. Very, very cool. Dan Taylor, Daniel Taylor, officially, but Dan Taylor, twenty-six. That's right. And I didn't respond to him on there, and I do apologize, Dan. I, I guess I was away from the computer at that point um, for the for the night. I apologize for that. He says, "Nice to see Bryant McKinney still playing revolving door tackle for another team." Basically saying, yeah, <laughs> Ryan McKinney's like saying, here you go, go tackle my, go tackle Joe Flacco. <laughs> but yeah, he has had improved play. Number 78, Ryan McKinney's had improved play for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, uh, this was actually Sunday. I wasn't really tweeting as much on Sunday. Unfortunately, that's why. It was it was that. Um, he says, it looks like the Packers have caught fumbleitis. Yeah, very, very cool stuff, Dan. Always great to hear from Dan Taylor. Those were good football games yesterday. But first, briefly, we'll get to the other Saturday game. Okay, yeah, we will get to the other Saturday game. Oh, goody. What a game. No, not really. (laughs) 45 to 10. I told you so. I told you so, folks. I told you the New England Patriots were going to beat the Broncos. A lot of you out there thought the Broncos were going to make some, continue some great playoff run. But no. The Denver Broncos ran into... I mean, this is this is why. This is why. And I said it, I believe I had to have said this on the last show. The Broncos were on their six, five, six-game win streak with Tim Tebow, Tebow Nation, making this great run. Wow, they're going to probably possibly make the playoffs, excuse me, despite they have started out so horribly this year. They just might make the postseason. And they, you know, ultimately they did. But, but when did the winning streak end? It ended when the Denver Broncos played the New England Patriots, and they got the... <laughs> they got the living you-know-what beaten out of them in that game. Denver Broncos, for whatever reason, do not match up with the New England Patriots at all, and the New England Patriots had them for frickin' lunch. 45-10 to 10 is your final in Foxborough. Uh-huh. A team that legitimately looks like they could be right back in the Super Bowl again and could finally get their fourth Super Bowl championship. 
with Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Deion Branch, guys like that, Wes Welker, all those dudes. Kevin Falk will actually get his fourth ring along with, I believe, well, Falk. Uh, I don't think Branch was there for, well, no, Branch was there for all three, and then he left. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm surprised the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl last year, quite frankly. I actually am. <laughs> I think they could have beaten the Packers. I think they should have beaten the Steelers, but they couldn't get past uh, the Jets for whatever reason, and they couldn't get past Baltimore the year before. We'll get to that again. History does repeat itself way too much in football, especially in the postseason. Yes, it does. But, uh, you know, it's one of those deals. The Patriots didn't have to play Denver twice in the regular season. If you beat a team twice in the regular season and you play them that cursed third time, yeah, that can get you. Vikings took out the Packers in 2004. The, uh, the Bears took out the Vikings in 94. I mean, stuff happens, folks. It happens more often than people think. But the Patriots took care of business against those Broncos. And that's about it. I mean, the, <laughs> Tom Brady's having a phenomenal freaking year. And there's no reason to believe that any of these four teams, the Giants, the Niners, the Baltimore Ravens, and the New England Patriots cannot win the Super Bowl. There's no reason to believe that any one of those four teams isn't a legitimate, deserving champion team when this is all said and done. I mean, one of these four teams is going to win the title, and it is going to be very cool that they're not Green Bay, not Pittsburgh, and not the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank heaven for that. Thank God. It's pretty cool. A lot of you are probably saying, oh, God, but not New England, though. They won those three Super Bowls in the early 2000s. Well, I think it'd be great to see him win another one, <laughs> quite frankly. But, that, but hey, if any of the others win, cool. Cool. The 2000 Ravens, I didn't really like that much. But this team, I have watched from afar for quite a long time. That's the next game, folks. This is a stock that has been on the rise for years. This stock has been on the rise since I started recording Purple Mafia. And it's teams like the Joe Flacco-led Baltimore Ravens are why I cover the postseason on Purple Mafia. because, And that is because this team gets the job done in, in a great way. I mean, they continue to improve every year. When, when, when I saw them beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I mean hammer the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road early this season, it's like, ooh, their stock is higher. Because before, they could not beat those Steelers on the road. No, they couldn't. But this year, they won the division finally. They finally won that division. They were always second to those stupid Steelers, folks. They always were second. They'd always have to go on the road, but they would win on the road. And they continuously won on the road, and they could beat teams like New England. They would beat teams like uh, Cincinnati. I forget. Yeah, Cincinnati. They would beat teams like that, and they would just continue to get the job done. And two years ago, back in 2009, I picked them to go to the conference championship, and gosh darn it, they went to the conference championship. Yes, they did. They went to the conference championship in 2008, I believe. No, they did not go to the conference championship in 2009. They went to the conference title in 2008. I picked them to be there, and they did get there. Unfortunately, they lost to the Steelers, but that's there you go. They, but they went to the second round each of the past couple years here. They've won several playoff games. Young quarterback Joe Flacco has been playoff tested and playoff tested and playoff tested, and here he is, Joe Flacco. <laughs> the playoff tested Joe Flacco heads to New England next week because the uh, the Boston Ravens took care of business in a in a not so exciting a game that's a lot closer than it appeared a twenty to thirteen final in Baltimore, Maryland. Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens do defeat the the, the overmatched Houston Texans. 
<laughs> we do have a great defense with Wade Phillips as the coordinator. A very well-run football team. Uh, but Yates, he's, he's got some skill. The third-string quarterback, the rookie quarterback of the Houston Texans. But I'm telling you, he let this team down. This guy forced plays so much, it was ridiculous. I mean, you talk about inexperience. Yates has an experience, Soaks, and oh my God, did that was that the Achilles' heel for a very improving Houston Texans team? It does make you wonder. It it really makes you wonder if the uh, Houston Texans had Matt Schaub as a starting quarterback. Just how successful this team could have been in this postseason. <laughs> what would their record have been? I mean, they finished ten and six with the was it the fourth seed, fifth seed, excuse me. Would they have, would the Houston Texans have, no, they were the sixth seed, excuse me, no, they were fifth because of Cincinnati, uh, but would the Houston Texans have, um, <laughs> would they, would they have been 12 and 4, 13 and 3 this year? I mean, people did, uh, people out there did believe that this Texans team could have gone, <laughs> potentially could have gone all the way to the Super Bowl. With that defense and that offense together, getting the job done. I mean, a lot of people did believe this Houston-Texas team could have been a legitimate Super Bowl scare for the Green Bay Packers had those teams met in the big one. Unfortunately for both the Texans and the uh, Green Bay Packers, it was just not to be. And uh, yep, Matt Schaub is always hurt. He's talented, but he's, he's Chad Pennington in terms of he's always, he's always, always hurt. And that's pretty much where things stand. Boy, the New England Patriots, and you look at that. You got to think their schedule is pretty tough after a 14 and 2 season last year, and they still had a 13 and 3 season. That's how good that team is, ladies and gentlemen. But no, the Baltimore Ravens are have been a stock on the rise for a long time, and I'm borderline convinced they're they're on their way to put their stock to a new level, if you know what I mean. As great as those Patriots are, we'll get to the previews in a second because we got one more game to review. <sighs> yeah, we got one more game to review. Yeah, the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight defeated the uh, <laughs> they defeated the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, Mickey Rubio had uh, eight assists and uh, nine points. Kevin Lovett a thirty-three point game tonight. Yeah, yeah. Demarcus Cousins is kind of crazy, arguing with the refs and stuff. Oh wait, I'm talking about the wrong show. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, excuse me. You want to talk about you want to talk about the. Uh, Minnesota Wild, they're, they're just not doing that good. Yeah, man, gosh, they suck. The Wild just suck, don't they? By the way, do check out Timberwolves Explosion and Brave the Wild on the sportsstuff.com on iTunes. Forgive the shameless plug I had to just to be fun. But, um, boy, the Wild suck. Man, they just can't win anything, can they? <laughs> oh, let's just, uh, oh, why delay the inevitable? The Packers lost! <laughs> Excuse me for that. I had to say it. <laughs> what did I say last week, folks? What did I say last week? No, I didn't pick the Giants to win the football game. But, and I'm forgive me for making this sound like I'm trying to brush things with a broad stroke, but I did say, yeah, the Packers, you just kind of have to take the safe bet. The Packers are probably going to win the game, but, 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 
there's a 45% chance the Giants win the game. They're going to give the Packers a hell of a freaking time. They defeated the Green Bay Packers in 2007 in Lambeau Field. And doggone it, they defeated the Green Bay Packers in 2011 in Lambeau Field with a 15-1 record. Ladies and gentlemen, the Green Bay Packers, the first team in NFL history to go 15-1 and and not even, not only not make it to the Super Bowl, like the 98 Vikings in 2004 Steelers, forgive me, but I had to say it about the Vikings, but they didn't even get to the NFC Championship game. They didn't even win a single playoff game after a 15-1 season. Ladies and gentlemen, the braggers can shut their mouths for now. <laughs> yes, they can. Yeah, they beat the Vikings 45-7 to in Lambeau Field earlier this year with our young, oh, Aaron Rodgers wannabe quarterback, apparently. Oh, he's the next Aaron Rodgers. Uh, not yet. Not so fast with that 45-7 crushing. Oh, but you guys are 15-1. and You're light years. You're, you're, you're light years upon light years ahead of the Minnesota Vikings in so many ways. You have so much more talent. You have such a better quarterback. You have so many more Super Bowl championships. But you know what? All this bragging about when the Vikings had Favre and 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 where they got to the NFC Championship game and they got their their hearts broken because they couldn't hang on to the godforsaken football and Brett Favre made one of the dumbest mistakes in NFL history just like he did the two years before with the Green Bay Packers in his very last game against the New York Giants. Oh my goodness, yep, against the same New York Giants with Tom Coughlin, Eli Manning, and all those great defensive players on that team. <laughs> And now you add Antrell Roll to the mix. You still have that good kicker. You add Hakeem Nix, who's an upgrade over Plaxico Burris. Why were the Giants 9-7 and this year? I have no idea. This is a talented, frickin' football team. There is no reason to believe the New York Giants couldn't beat the Packers in Lambeau Field because, gosh darn it, they know how to do it. They're playoff tested. They have a championship. They have as many rings. This team, with Eli Manning and such, have as many rings as the Aaron Rodgers group of Green Bay Packers. They're the exact same type of team where they went on that road victory win, but they could not, for some reason, win at home when they were 13-3 and and 8 Couldn't get it done. And, gosh darn it, the Packers, as the number one seed, could not win at home against the New York Giants, because they are a playoff-tested football team. Oh, yes, they are. Just like the Packers became last year. Became last year. The Giants have done it. The Packers have done it. But here's the thing, folks. In the head-to-head matchup, the New York Giants have proven, have been proven to defeat the Green Bay Packers on the frickin' road, despite the fact it's cold or whatever, which it wasn't that bad yesterday. It was only 30 degrees versus, like, zero last time in 07 one of the most awesome NFC Championship games of all time. <laughs> Regardless of who won that game, it was awesome. But, uh, oh my. <laughs> a 37-20 to 20 destruction of the Green Bay Packers. You know, the Giants beat the Vikings 41-0 to 0 in the NFC title game in 2000. Yes, they did. They went on to get crushed by the Baltimore Ravens, which could happen again this year. We'll see. We'll see. That's a legit possibility. That could happen, that those two could be in the big one. But, um, boy, boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, folks, boy, oh boy, folks, (laughs) this New York Giants team is the real deal, yes, they are, they absolutely are the real deal, they they are so (laughs) playoff tested, they know how to play, and they got it done, and no, I'm not in love with the Giants, I'm in love with the whole group of (laughs) four teams in the conference finals, I mean, this is going to be fun, and no, I'm not out there 
trying to just, oh, like say everybody's so great here, but hey, it's, uh, it's just so refreshing to not see Green Bay, Pittsburgh, or Dallas in these games. It is so awesome to see that. It, it, it really is. <laughs> or the Saints, yeah, not the Saints either. I didn't want to see them. I don't think anybody here in Minnesota did. But this Giants team knew how to get the job done. They forced the Packers into turnovers. They forced them into submission. Packer players like A.J. Hawk were saying, well, including the coach, we never saw this one coming. Really? You never saw this one coming? You know, there might be some different players on these teams, folks, but there are several similar players on the same team. <laughs> and, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is not Brett Favre, and, well, he, but he made mistakes just like Brett Favre. Yeah, he did. Aaron Rodgers can make mistakes, and he played kind of like the 2009 Aaron Rodgers. Talented, but made mistakes when it mattered, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. The 2009 Aaron Rodgers, not the 2010 Aaron Rodgers, which just went all the way to won the Super Bowl. And the other thing is, that whole Lambeau mystique at home no longer exists. It's it's dead. Ever since the Vikings took them out in 2004, in fact, it may have even happened before that, but, you know, 2004, yeah, I think it did, actually. But, yeah. The Vikings took out the Packers in 2004 <laughs> in the very first playoff game of all time. Vikings and Packers in the postseason. The Vikings at 8-8 eight and eight beat the 10-6 and six division champion Packers that year. So there's no such thing as, as Lambeau Mystique anymore. Early in the Favre era, it was Lambeau Mystique. They were unbeatable. Not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, they're a terrible home team in the postseason. And with a 15-1 record, they are, as of right now, the biggest chokers in history, in terms of regular season versus playoff production, they are the biggest chokers in history. You could say the Patriots, sixteen and zero, were great chokers, losing to a ten and six team, but hey, they got to the Super Bowl. They were one defensive top, knock, they just one knockdown of the ball away from being world champions. So I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is worse. This is worse. Thirty-seven to twenty in your field. The Patriots were not at home in that game. No, they they no, they weren't. To get crushed that badly by the Packers <laughs> is not. <laughs> I mean, it, it's worse to buy by the Giants for the Packers to get crushed that badly at home by the Giants is is worse. It is, and ladies and gentlemen, this Giants team is back. They're back. They're back. They're legit. They're ready. And uh, boy, oh boy, <laughs> what more can you say? I think I've said way too much already. <laughs> Let's get to some of those uh, posts over there. The Purple Mafia page. Yep, I love the New York Giants. You're right, Dan Taylor. A lot of people are agreeing with you on that one. Tony Coleman says, Well, that puts a little spring in my step. Man, only two losses all season, and one was a playoff game. Ouch. But I'm all smiles. They need to be humbled a little bit. Oh, gosh dang it, they need to be humbled all right. Ho, ho, ho. Sebastian Ball says, life is hard, but I thank God I'm not a Packers fan. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's worse. That's the biggest choke of all time. It is. It is. Okay, and I'm sorry, Packer fans, those of you out there, and yeah, why you'd be like, why is he apologizing to the Packer fans? Well, you know, I don't want to come off as a straight-up homer, but <laughs> it's the showing off and the arrogance that can draw out a little bit of that homerism for me at times, once in a while. I'm sorry, but the showing off is going to irritate anybody. And uh, enough's enough. Enough is enough. The way they taunted us so much when Brett Favre 
and the Vikings could not get it done in 09. Why should we not have a right to come back and do the same gosh darn thing when you were 15-1, and one, which is a lot better than 12-4, and four, by the way, and you were at home, which is not on the road, by the way, and you got pummeled, which the Vikings did not get pummeled in 2009. They absolutely were on the doorstep of that game. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Your loss is worse. Yeah, it's worse. It is. I'm sorry. It's it's bad. It is a bad, bad loss. Historically bad defeat by our team. So you can all be humbled, at least for the time being. We'll worry about next year when it comes. And that's when it's going to be State of the Vikings address or State of the Vikings 2012. But ladies and gentlemen, we've got at least two more shows until then. That's right. At least. you got the uh, the Super Bowl preview and all that good stuff. Then the week off during the Pro Bowl and then the Super Bowl review. Yeah, those are the next two shows. And then State of the Vikings address. We'll worry about that again when the time comes. We'll get into free agency and all that stuff again when the time comes and draft, preview, and review. and Yeah, and then we'll be 12-4 and four next year. I don't know about that, but we'll worry about that again when the time comes. Sebastian Bowles, a very active week. Very, very cool indeed. He says, Joey! <laughs> I love that. Wrong. Wrong <laughs> wrong about another playoff choice. Ouch, that hurt. <laughs> uh, I only lost one game this round. Looks like the Broncos fell into the pothole and broke a leg because they were awful. My predictions next round, Ravens versus Pats. Pats win. San Francisco versus the Giants. San Francisco wins. Joey, do not pick the same as me, please. And I said, well, don't worry, it won't be. Just half. <laughs> yeah, it won't be. Just half. We'll see. Yep. I'm still kind of wavering right now, as even, even as I'm talking. But uh, you can probably guess what I was leaning towards right there. But, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. You'll find out. And then uh, Sebastian Balls posts Chester Taylor's player profile. I'll, I'll link to it. Funny there, but uh, hey, he says, I miss you, Chester Taylor. And, uh, well, Chester Taylor is a free agent. If he's uh, willing to take a smaller paycheck, a nice small paycheck, and come here and be a third down back, he'd be more than welcome to. But we'll see. We'll see where his mentality is there. Very cool indeed. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. All right, enough of that. <laughs> no, not really. Thank you for that, indeed. Uh, Sebastian Balls, well, guess what, buddy? Yep, that's right. For the uh, second in three weeks, the gold star belongs to Sebastian Balls. Yep, uh, great calling and great posts. Hey, you know, thanks again for that, Sebastian. Very, very cool. Welcome. <laughs> back to that category. Those of you out there that haven't been posting, hey, come come back. Let's talk about the playoffs a little bit. Uh, talk about free agency. Come on, guys. Anthony Batista, Cedric, all you guys out there. Brent Jacobson. There's so many out there. So many out there. Neil. Heck, even Dylan. Dylan Richardson, of course, the executive producer of the thesportstuff.com. Hey, post something up there. You're more than welcome. Call into the show. 209-736-7877. All right, well, yeah, there's two games next week. <sighs> yeah, there's two games next week. Mm. Man, 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 man. Man, 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 Which one do you want? Okay, we'll go with the AFC game first. The AFC. Well, as of right now, if I was going to stick to my predictions, 
the way they were supposed to go with the Baltimore Ravens going to the Super Bowl, right now I'd have the Baltimore Ravens winning the championship with Green Bay out of the way. And I was pretty much saying that before. Boy, uh, you know, this past week, I can't help it, folks. I have to change it. I have to. There's two, there's two teams right now. There's two football teams. In fact, you could even say, well, yeah, there's two football teams right now that are telling me to change those predictions a little bit. And you could probably guess who they are. Yeah, you can kind of guess who they are, can't you? The New England Patriots, and again, I'm sorry you guys are probably thinking, oh, God, here we go, the Patriots again. Come on, Joey, you got to be kidding. But uh, the New England Patriots played extremely good football against those Denver Broncos. They're on fire. The Baltimore Ravens are a very, very tough matchup for the New England Patriots, however. This is a really, 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 really tough game to pick. It's, uh, you know, it's almost like I have to pick the, the Ravens, A, to stick to my original guns, B, to stick to, hey, the matchup. The matchup is bad. The Ravens weren't that impressive against the Houston Texans, though. They really weren't. Uh, you got Ed Reed with a with a rolled ankle. Luckily, that came up negative, but boy, he looked pretty hurt. Um, man, you know, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. I mean, the Patriots are they finally due to get back to the big one? Are they finally going to go back to the big one? I mean, they've had a really really tough time winning playoff games. They finally won a freaking playoff game, and it was against a far inferior team. Did they just beat up on a? Did they just squash a mosquito with an axe? Or are they really like an unbelievably hot team that's ready to kick some major butt? It's so hard to say at this point in time. It, it really is. I mean, if I have to stick to my guns, it's Baltimore. Yeah, absolutely going to win the game. <laughs> Boy, it's a, I, I'm having a really, a really hard time with this game. I, I really am. But right now, the momentum right now tells me we are going to see a rematch of 2007. And there I said it on the air. We're going to see a rematch of 2007, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, the Giants and the Patriots return to the Super Bowl. The Giants are going to outlast the San Francisco 49ers in an awesome, awesome football game. And I think the Patriots will do the same with Baltimore. In fact, the Patriots might actually have a fairly convincing victory in in, in New England. Believe it or not, they just might. It might be something like, I'm going to go with 31 the 21. New England is going to find a way to beat the Baltimore Ravens because that offense was just it wasn't impressing me that much. Now the Patriots defense is nothing like the the, the the Texans defense. I may regret the living crap out of picking this, but I mean I'm feeling, I've got this feeling right now that we're seeing 2007 all over again. I really do. I really do right now, folks. Something special about this weekend tell, told me that um, <laughs> there's no reason for me to believe the Giants can't beat the 49ers. Man, the 49ers may very well take care of business, and they're more welcome to do so. They're a very, very good football team. Not trying to brush things with a broad stroke. But, yeah, I'm just saying the, the all four of these teams deserve to be in these games, and all four of them deserve to be in the Super Bowl, and all four of them deserve to win the Super Bowl this year. These teams earned the right to be where they are. I mean, these are nobody's lucky here. There's no lucky, pussy little underdog that's going to get the crap beat out of them in the championship game like we saw years ago with certain teams like the Denver Broncos many, many years ago in the 80s 
and the Patriots against the 85 Bears. I mean, it's just like, eh, you know, who the heck is this wussy little team? Uh, Atlanta getting this, well, no, excuse me. Well, the 2000, uh, the 2000 Giants going against Baltimore was pretty lame. They got the crap beat out of them. I almost picked a rematch of the 2000 Super Bowl. I, I don't think so. Yeah, well, it's like I almost did. I almost did, and with Baltimore winning it, but just like 2000. But honestly, I'm feeling 2007 because there's something magical about that Giants team, folks. <laughs> there's something magical going on in the NFL right now with underdog teams doing very things that are extremely special. I think the Giants go into San Francisco and they win that football game with the final score. And I think they're going to put up some numbers, believe it or not, because... <laughs> Well, maybe not as many as the Saints. Uh, no. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to also score 31. We'll say 31, no, 27 to 24 in an awesome football game in San Francisco. But I think Eli Manning is that clutch, and their kicker is good. Their defense is going to get the job done against a, an offense that's okay, but not great with San Francisco. It's two clutch, very clutch quarterbacks going at it right there. In fact, every quarterback in this postseason has been clutch at one point in time. Tom Brady used to be the most clutch quarterback in football. The last few years he hadn't been, but I've got a sneaky feeling this Patriots team is finally going to get over the hump and get back to the big show, finally. I mean, my gut feeling would, would think Baltimore in the past would win this game, but there's something going on with those Patriots right now. I think they're going back to the Super Bowl. I think they're finally going back to the Super Bowl. They will rematch the New York Giants once and for all. And it's like, yeah, I, I keep doing updated predictions because it's week by week by week. You know, I'm not trying to win money here. I'm not trying to win money for anybody either. I'm just being a radio commentator. But like I said, it's 2007 all over again, folks. And as of right now, the New York Giants are going to win the championship. <laughs> Yeah, the 9-7 and seven Giants. They'll be the first 9-7 and seven team to win the Super Bowl. And I, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Because if you can beat Green Bay, you can beat anybody. And regardless of the fact the Packers can, uh, cannot seem to win at home, they were 15-1, and one, and they had this mystique to them the last year and a half that was just almost unmatched. But there's one team out there that seems like when they're on their game, they can beat anybody despite what the record is, despite who's there and who isn't, despite who wants to be there and who doesn't. <laughs> they win, they win, and they win. As of right now, the New York Giants are going to win the championship. End of story. And we'll judge what the score will be at the time being, but I think it's going to be 2007 all over again. We'll see if I'm way off. We'll find out. And that's why I'm here. We're here to just debate, have fun, talk football. So again, guys, do join the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. We'd appreciate that also very much. Click on the button that says TSS Boards, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, click on that button that says TSS Boards. Click Register, join the message boards. It'll be oh so terrific. The uh, forums are split up in the divisions. There you go. Talk about that. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Like and or follow those respective web uh, uh, pages or accounts or whatever, whatever you like to call them. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Do what Sebastian did and what Anthony Alfamelli has done so many times and others out there. The Jason from Delta long, long ago. That was very cool when he called in. 
still would like to hear from you if you're still a listener out there. Tony Coleman, Sebastian, keep calling in. Brent Jacobson, boy, I miss hearing from him. Oh, somebody new, somebody new out there that I've never uh, seen on Facebook or, or, or Twitter or anything. Call in. Or maybe somebody that I have seen on Twitter that I didn't really think about that you're going to call in. Somebody new, call in. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, <laughs> we're going to wish you a great week. We'll be back to review the NFC and AFC Championship game and preview Super Bowl number 46. Until then, we're bidding adieu once again. Take care, everybody.